Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody. IMSA Radio live once again, bringing you unrivaled coverage uh, of the uh, FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix. Already brought you some bonus coverage earlier on today of the first free practice sessions. We're going to move into the second free practice sessions and then uh, into qualifying. We'll kick off with IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge again. Remember just the TCRs here this time. This is their uh, race that uh, puts them back on the same number of events as the GS cars with have, uh, which had their own event at Detroit in early June. And TCR's very effective weapons around this one and a half mile circuits here at Lime Rock Park. So let's get uh, back to it. Shea Adam will be down in the pit lane in a moment or two. It's Jeremy and me, John Hindoff. Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff, in the Global Broadcast Centre as we're getting ready for the cars to roll out. It's all live here on IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Uh, let's say hello immediately to Jeremy Shaw and uh, welcome him back to the broadcast. We had a, a a pretty easy run for the guys. Everybody getting a bit of uh, getting a bit of data early on. No major problems. The daily cars were a, a little bit late coming out on. Uh, parade uh, but having said that um, once they were out there they ran pretty clean uh, cleanly excuse me um, and basically we're expecting these guys to be within a blink of an eye by the end of this next session <laughs> yeah I think so John I think it's a fair assumption a fair um, uh, assessment of the uh, opening practice session early this morning uh, really fast lap times turned uh, particularly by Tyler Maxson who was fastest in the van der Stur racing Hyundai Elantra that's kind of a 91 uh, that uh, that team missed uh, missed the first uh, couple of races of the season uh, with that car but uh, they come on strong just just missed the first race actually but uh, coming on strong now the car's been really fast Tyler Maxson and Brian Ortiz from Puerto Rico those two uh, lead it away this morning at a sub-record time, full three-tenths of a second underneath the old lap, the, well, the, the current lap record, because it's still unofficial in practice. Uh, 53.753 then, also underneath the old, la the uh, existing qualifying lap record, the second-place car of Michael Lewis, 
two-time defending series champion in the Brian Herder Autosport Hyundai Elantra similar car, car number one, and also the KMW with Motorsports with KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering, Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce TCR. What a mouthful that is! But it's fast. That's Tim Lewis, who was the third fastest this morning in car number five, and all three under the old lap record. I think, yeah, we saw this morning. John, that tyre wear is certainly a factor here. We heard it also in a WeatherTech session as well. So we saw pretty much all of the time set very early in the session. But uh, again, uh, you know, that's not really important at this stage. What is important is how they look after their tyres and what sort of lap times they're turning in the latter stages of the session, particularly if they don't change tyres. Although I would expect probably at least some of the teams to do a qualifying sim during this practice session now but then again maybe they won't maybe they will elect to keep a fresh set of tires for the race tomorrow they only have four sets of tires in total for the race weekend uh, let's bring Shea adam into our broadcast uh, welcoming welcoming her uh, back to the airwaves of rs2 imsa radio uh, and she is down in the pit lane and has already got a willing victim well i hope it's a willing victim. Uh, Carl Whitmer is with Shadow down there now. Hey, Carl. Welcome back to Lime Rock Park. It's a Honda. It's a beautiful day right now. It's not raining right now. Things are looking pretty good for VGRT, aren't they? They are, yeah. This team has been incredible all year. And, um, you know, we have a strategy going in, so we're trying to dial in the car. But, yeah, beautiful Lime Rock. It's, it's getting steamy, so we'll just have to manage that aspect of it. But, yeah, I, I trust this team and, and HPD and everything they've done for us. So. How much does it change the strategy with A, no GS cars, and B, a shorter race? Shorter race is definitely a, a wrench in our in our plans, but uh, it's definitely a one-stop one stop opportunity for us. Uh, no GS is all right. We'll manage. I mean, they put on a show in Detroit. We'll put on a show here, so we're looking forward to it. I love that balance. Um, the mentality coming into this race has to be tires, because that's what I'm hearing from everyone. The deg is really bad. Now, you guys only change the fronts 100 minute race the rear should hold up shouldn't they they should yes they should so our setup is inclined to have the rear stay on the whole race and uh, we'll sort of um, modulate with the right foot <laughs> i love it now you guys have had some troubles over the last few races where you've kind of ducked out a little bit early from practice one what did you learn from practice one today that will help you to do well in the race again i think you know we we've got a handle on the car more than other races now you know, looking forward so I'm positive with the effort that we've put in and HPD with their, their support. So I think we're looking forward to a good result. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Shay. Very good uh, indeed. And again, just underlining exactly uh, what we would have expected from our drivers in this championship, Jeremy. Thoughtful, considered, great information coming there from Carl Whitmer. Yeah, indeed, you know, another really sensible guy. And uh, yeah, that team, uh, they're sort of flattered to, to, to deceive so far, but maybe a summarization of their season so far. But no, uh, the, the car is fast, the drivers are good. Victor Gonzalez, he's another guy who probably raced here back in the Skippy days, a long, long time ago as well. Um, we talked about that a little bit earlier on. And you know, he's got lots of experience. He, he's, he's quick, you know, he's the team owner. Uh, but uh, it's a good little program they've got, to, got going there. The car is always fast. If you just get it to the finish line without any, having any problems, they will be challenging for the win, and that's exactly the plan for tomorrow. Green flag is out at Lime Rock Park. 
And I'm just listening to hear if we're on the PA yet. No, we're not quite at the moment, but I'm sure we will be in a moment or two. Uh, meant to say hello to Drew Adamson uh, earlier on today from uh, iRacing, who I know is trackside. And we are now indeed on the PA. Thank you, Cher. So Drew Adamson, who is there from the uh, uh, one of the guys who does all the hard work on iRacing's broadcast. He's there as a fan again this weekend. Uh, can't can't knock that. Hello, Drew. Uh, and Cher, Adam, you've got a couple of people you know there that you've bumped into over the, the last uh, day or so. I just ran into uh, one of our biggest fans in the paddock as far as racing is concerned, Ethan, who's back at the track once again with his mum. He's about to turn 13, which is kind of crazy. Um, but he is known for drawing pictures of race cars. He does it by hand. He does the different liveries, and then he gives pictures to the team. So he's given me one in particular that I have to hand deliver to a team at Road America. So that story is to be continued. Okay. Thank you very much. And to all of our fans at the track or further afield, thank you very much for uh, supporting what IMSA does and what IMSA Radio does. It's an absolute joy uh, to know that uh, you're tuned in uh, from wherever you are. What is it? Just after a quarter to eight in Central Europe, quarter seven here in the UK. Uh, and just after midday, coming up to uh, one o'clock in the... Oh, no, two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Central, excuse me, Eastern time at the moment at Lime Rock Park for this 45 minute session now this is another 45 minute session so are we going to see what we're going to see here Jeremy is this going to be uh, more data for the long runs or do you think this is people fine tuning their cars for qualifying it's a one and done 15 minute session later on today um, what are we doing are we just putting second drivers in How, how's this going to work if it's me, I'm concentrating on the race. Um, I mean, your yeah, track position certainly is important, no question about that, because uh, it is difficult to pass. But um, th there's so much more to this race, I think, than qualifying. Uh, I don't, yeah, unlike the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, where there are points uh, given out for qualifying, not the case here in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series. So it's just to determine starting positions, don't have anything more than that. Um, and yes it's nice to be qualifying up front but i think the important thing is to be uh, is to have you know make sure the car is consistent for the race and like we've been talking about all day long that the tires stay consistent through the whole stint or stint sir because there'll be one pit stop planned for all of the teams during the 100 minute race tomorrow so what's good what is interesting is is you, there's some of the cars in this race have driver pairings are fairly similar in terms of speed the majority don't will anybody take a bit of a gamble and put their faster driver in first Ooh. knowing that they can get through more than an hour of the race yeah before having to having to make a pit stop or, yeah 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 probably do more than an hour before having to make a pit stop and therefore only 40 minutes for the second stint um that's going to be interesting to see but uh, for this session now, no, I think it's all about uh, the, the main focus will be on making sure the car is good for tomorrow's race. That's a good point, actually. 80, um, you can only do 80 minutes, but then again, it's, um, it's what did I say, 40 minutes is the, the minimum drive time. So it, it's, it's effectively going to be an hour and just... Uh, uh, 
it's effectively going to be an hour for the better driver, the faster driver. But it's it's which way you do that. That is is a really good question. If you think that it's going to be clean early on and you can get out there, potentially put a lap on the field. Could you put a lap on the field? You might be able to if you go long. It's a thought, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's certainly interesting. I mean, your traditional strategy is to put the uh, the less fast driver in first, yeah, uh, and then do the 40 minutes, get the minimum drive time in, and then change to your faster driver. But um, yeah, if you do that, if you have your slower driver in first, then there is a danger of that car of that driver going a lap down. Uh, before the, the pit stops, and that you don't want. So, you know, there, there's a lot to be thought out on the uh, on the on the uh, the pit towers uh, in in preparation for the race tomorrow. And of course, you know, that all starts now, or, or particularly for the sec for the session later on this afternoon, when they will set the grid for tomorrow's race. Because whoever whoever qualifies the car will start. So many laps down now, sorry, down into the 40, 54s there, just 54.4, the quickest time at the moment, set by Tim Lewis in a number five Alfa Romeo. Great looking car, isn't it? Um, second fastest is uh, Luca Mars, who uh, turned some laps this morning, his first ever run in a front wheel drive car. And uh, getting himself up to speed, he'll be sharing that number 90 car. That's the older Hyundai Veloster, not the Elantras that have been running the, all the other. Hyundai's in the field, or uh, the newer Elantra. So this is the Veloster. Uh, the older car, interestingly, the, the balanced performance is the same engine in these, in, in, the, in the new car as the old car, but the new car is quite a bit more sophisticated and a lot more efficient. But the right, right height on the car uh, are quite different. When the new Hyundai Elantra came out, it was uh, it clearly kind of moved the goalposts in TCR. So they were they were amongst the other uh, balanced performance tweaks to that car from its initial settings, which are raised the ride height. I think it's 330 millimeters is wow. the minimum ride height for the uh, for the uh, Elantra, which is quite high. The Veloster, however, has a min minimum ride height of 165 millimeters, so a lot Half. lower to the ground, yeah. and therefore can use the underbody on the car much more efficiently. That's uh, an inch and a half near enough to about uh, a third of an inch basically um sorry no uh an inch and a half to about two thirds of an inch yeah three quarters of an inch thank you um wow uh that that's quite a difference um that yeah. is quite a difference 54 4 yeah, that was, that was certainly one of, one of the you know, when the, the new hyundai started winning races then the the, uh, the bop guys got on top of that and brought it back down to a level with everybody else uh, and uh, you know there hasn't been a veloster uh in Many races this season, if at all. Has it been a Veloster this season at all? No. Um, so we haven't seen one this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see what these part-time drivers in this car. It's the first run of the season for the number 90 car. It's going to be really interesting to see how quickly they can go with it. In actual fact, John, the, yep. the, the lap record, the qualifying lap record was actually set by a Veloster because that goes back to 2019 when Michael Lewis set a fastest time of 54.034. That is the qualifying record around here. 
for, uh, for TCR. Last year, just a gnat's whisker slower for the Elantra at a 54.048. So, yeah, negligible dis difference. But uh, like I say, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what the first time front wheel driver uh, exponent Luca Mars can do, because I, I would imagine he would probably qualify that car and then hand it over to Rory van der Stur for the second portion of the race. Uh, the two daily cars have not gone out. Oh, no, I, see, I take that back once again. They've given everybody about a seven or an eight lap uh, opportunity to get out there. Jordan Wisely has just taken out the number 74. The Robert McGuinness number 70 car is still sitting in the pit lane. Sure, that's down, that's down at the... How oh, is that the pit in or the pit out end, did you tell me? Um, before sheer but uh, it is pitting thank you so I'm, I'm not sure if you can see if they're looking like they may get both cars out um, we'll check in machine in a moment uh, as ever it's nice and tight at the front of the field 0 0.071 of a second between Brian Ortiz in the Vanister Racing Elantra and Roy Block in the Singleton Alfa Romeo Giuliette Veloce GTXL, XMZ, whatever. It's a cracking looking car and it, it, it provides variety and I love that. We've got Hyundai, we've got Honda, we've got Audi and we've got the Alpha. I ran a uh, Giulietta of that, round about that age actually. Um, a 1.5 diesel with a six speed manual gearbox in what was called the. Um, uh, QV spec QV edition which was the sort of sporty version and it was a dark black metallic with a, a, a red undercoat which I think was called Vesuvius black and it was a cracking little car when you drove it sensibly you got 60 miles to the gallon and when you wanted to you could push it quite hard with it being the um, QV car um, QV spec car and it was great did a had that for a, a couple of months actually and did a big European tour in it it was brilliant, great car uh, let's head down to the pit lane to share Adam who has Tim Lewis yeah and Tim it's always a good thing when you get out of the car and it says P1, it means you've got a bit of a rocket underneath you, do you think this is another weekend that you and Roy can get to victory lane? I'm always hopeful every weekend we can get to victory lane but um, the team's just doing a really good job with the car uh, we were quick in practice one, but we wanted to try a few changes for practice two, and I think we made three changes. All three, I feel, are positive, so looking forward to the race. Are you expecting it to be a bit of a bump and run kind of a race? I just think this track is hard for passing, and with the field being so so even uh, time-wise, that might be a little uh, argy-bargy at the end. It's been an up and a down season, but the highs have been really high for you guys with the two wins. What do you feel like it'll take to get back into that championship contention? Uh, you know, not necessarily wins, but just consistent, solid finishes. Um, I've been saying that to our team for a few seasons now that we, we have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but if we can kind of mitigate our lows to average finishes, um, we'd be in that top spot at the end of the season. So that's certainly the goal. Um, it's not always in our hands as far as the outcome of the races, but we're definitely, our, our focus this season is not necessarily on wins, but just ultimate consistency. Good luck this weekend. Thank you.
Shea Adam in the pit lane. Faster time last time around for Ryan Eversley in one of the new Honda Civic FL5 TCRs. And that is going to go for fourth position at the moment. It was 54-7. Uh, and he's just gone through again. And 54-9, also improving last time around. Jordan Wisely in the Daily Motorsports number 74 Elantra, 56.5. And we now have the final car out on the circuit as well because the number 70 from Daly, with Jacob Daly behind the wheel, um, has just gone out onto the track, Jeremy. Yeah, interesting to see that those cars are late out uh, to the call again, as they were earlier on in the session. That's strange. One would have thought they would have wanted as much track time as possible. So um, presumably working on the cars in between sessions, not quite ready in time, but yeah, they'll, they'll have missed yeah, 10, 12 minutes or so in this session. And with only... 45-minute uh, sessions, it doesn't give you an awful lot of track time to get ready for qualifying and then race uh, tomorrow, but interestingly. Yeah, interesting words there again from Tim Lewis, talking about the consistency, and you know, that's been the problem, uh, as, he, as he says, for that team. I mean, you know, this year, uh, that's the, the only team that has, has uh, a, a couple of wins. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is they've had a couple of DNFs as well, both at uh, Daytona and World's well, It Raceway Laguna Seca. And that is what has cost them in the championship. But still, uh, they're only 120 points out of the lead, which in old money is 12 points, because we've got 350 up for grabs for a race win. So, you know, 120 behind, that's, that's not that far. Uh, and certainly if they can get another couple of wins, it's 350 for a win, 320 for second, 300 for third. So it's a 50-point uh, differential between first and third. So you can make up that deficit fairly quickly, particularly if uh, your rivals have a DNF. And it's that consistency that's paying off for Harry Gottsacker and Robert Wickens. Not yet got a, a race win to their credit this season, but three seconds, a fourth and a fifth, or sorry, excuse me, yeah, fourth and a, no, fifth and a sixth and three seconds. That's been good enough to get, to get them a narrow championship point lead at the halfway point in the season. Improvement last, another improvement last time around by Jordan in the number 74 guys. It's 10th now. Taking another couple of ticks to the clock. And there's another one. So that's the last three laps that he's improved. Now down to a 55.6. Pretty decent. What we don't know, of course, is whether they put brand new tyres on at the start of this session. I would have thought they would. They had four sets for the weekend. So you'd, you'd think one each in the free practice, you'd use one for 10 or 15 minutes in qualifying, maybe half of a set, maybe just use a set of fronts there and then have six tyres for the race, four brand new ones and two lightly used or six brand new ones because you'll put a new set on the front if you're going to do anything, I would have thought here, Jeremy, wouldn't you? Yeah, more than likely put uh, put fronts on during the during the race tomorrow. They do they do have to start on the same set of tyres they qualified on, I think, don't they? In this series. Oh yes, good point. Yeah. Um, so um, so be, yeah, new set for qualifying, as you say. So they'll only have relatively few laps uh, going into the race, and then, as you say, perhaps just use a fresh set of fronts, or uh, do you? risk making a slightly longer stop, putting on four 
fresh tyres during the race. That's certainly one of the strategic options that will be open to the teams during that 100-minute race tomorrow. It was interesting to hear about that strategy call, about the 100-minute race and just how that is going to change things. Um, and I, I'm now absolutely intrigued to see what the qualifying strategies are later on today because um, that will give us the clue won't it of, of who's going to do what um, if you put your fastest driver in to qualify they're at the front of the field and they get a really good start then all right it's not massive but a second or a couple of seconds a lap um, what you're going to do in that first hour you can do 50 laps well, that's nearly a lap, isn't it, on the back of the field? If you, you are consistent, yeah, you know, seventy it, laps. Uh, yes, good point. Actually, yes, good point. I, I went the wrong way. Yeah, so yeah. you are you are potentially going to put the back of the field a lap down. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah, mm -hmm. kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, there's a good lap from Jordan Wisely. He's a, a youngster who doesn't have a lot of oh, experience. Wow. He's he's. Uh, He's only done uh, just the one race, made his debut this season, and um, they, they've sat out the last couple of, of rounds, so we haven't seen that car lately. He made his debut at the World Tech Race where he gave a qualified in 11th position, finished 11th, did at least finish the race, but now he's up into the uh, well, 10th position and only, only just over a second off the front running pace. So good effort by Jordan Rousey, another Oklahoma driver. That's where the team is is from and mustang oklahoma great name what a great name it's john Hainoff, jeremy shaw Shea adam fcp euro northeast grand prix presented by liquid molly and live coverage for you a bit of bonus coverage of the second free practice session for imsa michelin pilot challenge still to come later on this afternoon in pretty uh, close uh, Pretty close coupled action. And we have the second free practice from WeatherTech um, with uh, the usual split with 15 minutes at the beginning of the session for the 10 GTD cars and then at the last 15 minutes for the GTD pros. Uh, and then we'll go qualifying for T TCR uh, at Michelin Pilot Challenge. That's not until 10 past 5 local time. So what's that? 10 past 10 in the UK and we'll finish off the day with the qualifying in sound and vision whether you're in the US or elsewhere for WeatherTech Championship and that will be everybody on track at the same time a 15 minute dash in sound and vision that's all still to come that's 5.40 local time so that's 10.40 in the UK 11.40 in Europe uh, and whether, as I say, whether you're in the US or anywhere else, we have that for you free, no subscription required, and uh, as you'd expect uh, with us, no uh, breaks within that, although in fairness it's only a 15-minute session, so plenty of action still to come for today. Let's check back in with uh, Shea Adam with uh, five cars in the pit lane and are there issues here is that people just cycling through their drivers 
people cycling through, John, and I've just seen uh, Daily Motorsport. I came all the way down here to try and find a driver to chat to, and uh, they did not have a pit board ready for the 74, so their tire guy swung out the pressure gauge instead, and now the driver has turned the car off and is climbing out. So something strange going on with this machine. That's uh, Cabot getting out of the car, Cabot Bigham, a uh, guy with a bit of Nitro Circus background, I do believe. Uh, car is still on, but there is no driver change going on. Oh, there we go. Jordan Wisely now getting ready to get behind the wheel of that one. Uh, let's see. Ha, Rob, we got to have a chat with to Rob McGinnis. Rob, you've now driven a front-wheel drive car. How much fun is it? It's pretty fun. Um, it's different, but um, I just went out. I tried to, you know, get it under me. And you can have some pretty big slides and, like, drive yourself out of it. So I was just having a blast. When in doubt, keep the right foot planted kind of a thing? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Nice. Now, you're used to driving the GS cars, but you deal with TCR cars because you pass them when you lap them. What's it like to now be in the TCR cars without the worry of the lapping GS cars? Um, it's awesome, right? It, um, I imagine it would be similar to running, you know, GTD, which I did uh, in 22. But, um, no, it's cool being, like, just TCR and being able to go head-to-head -head with some really, really good drivers. So I'm excited about it. Tell me how this whole deal came together with you running with Daily Motorsports. You know, I uh, I wanted to run Lime Rock. I have some uh, some partners here um, who wanted to you know hit that New York City region, and so we were like, how do we how do we get in a race here? And uh, Jacob didn't have a teammate, and so it all just kind of came together. And um, and honestly, like I just wanted to drive the uphill at some point. It's so cool. Like that's uh, you know I've been coming here since I was a kid. The first car race I ever saw was the IMSA race here when I was 12, so that was 2012. And so, like, being able to, like, actually drive that corner, it's cool. <laughs> That's a great reason to want to come and be in this particular race. Um, the team seems like they've been a little slow getting out for the start of each session. Is that just a chill environment going on? Yeah, and, you know, um, they have kind of been out of commission since Laguna, so there's a few things here and there that we're having to sort out. But we're all getting the track time we need, and... Um, you know, we're getting a lot of support from Brian Hurd, too. They've a ton to get us up to speed. We're going to be good. Don't worry about it. I never worry about you. Good luck this weekend, Rob. Thanks, Jay. So, uh, Nate, to get How did you like your front-wheel drive? Yeah. It, well, he said he liked it, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as Shay said right at the very beginning, now you've driven front-wheel drive. What did you make of it? <laughs> uh, you know, it is different, Jeremy, isn't it? Because particularly when you're on the... Um, uh, the ragged edge. Um, the difference between a front wheel car drive, a front wheel drive car sliding, and a rear drive car sliding. Okay, you're still sliding, but you you do slightly different things with the with how you counteract that. You do. You basically, you, if you get sideways, you stomp on the right pedal, um, the, the right hand pedal, the the, the, the go faster pedal. Is you know, generally speaking, uh, not not. Uh, exclusively but almost so if you get sideways in a in a rear wheel drive car you want to get off the throttle probably uh, because if you get on it you're just going to swing the back end even further around but in a front wheel drive car if the car gets uh, completely out of shape stomp on the gas and it'll kind of pull you out of trouble well and yeah uh, you and turn it's, it's into a huge the, amount of fun yeah you, you turn into the slide in a front wheel drive car pick up that that wheel spin on the front if you can to get a bit of Get a bit of grip to try and straighten you out. Well, in a rear drive car, well, it's opposite lock. You're steering away from yeah, where I you mean, want to look, be driving. 
Yeah, you, you don't do much with the steering wheel with your hands on the front-wheel drive car in that scenario. Yeah. You keep the wheels pointed straight and just stomp on the gas. Correct. Hope, hope it'll pull you out of, out of trouble. It's tremendous fun. I remember the first time I did it was at Alton Park in a Ford Fiesta uh, many moons ago, and it was a hoot. Rover 216 uh, Cup car. Um, I drove in a six-hour race once, and that was tremendous fun. Um, and that, that si in that side of things, uh, my first race was in a Ford Fiesta, in the Fiesta Challenge. Uh, that was my first ever car yeah. race. Um, that was my front, first front-wheel drive car. It was the same thing. Um, and that was at Croft. That was good fun. Um, that was only a 1.4, but it still had enough power. It's a problem. It was never. It never been a street car. It's always been a race car. It was the they were all built by Ford Special Vehicle Project when that still Special Vehicle uh, Operations rather SVO when that still existed at Borum. So that was you know in some ways that was a works car, um, and that was tremendous fun. Um, also, in the wet, in the front wheel drive cars in the wet, I drove at Anglesey in a, a, a long distance race there in the dark in um, a two and a half litre front wheel drive Rover, MG actually, um, and that, that had a limmy in it as well. That was phenomenal, even when there was um, water running across the track, you sort of, so long as you could get it turned in and beginning to turn, as you say, driving it on the throttle and saying, come on, come on, come on, just get round there. And a little, maybe a little bit of left foot braking just to help rotate the rear end. Ah, oh, great foot. Uh, absolutely great foot uh, in those cars. And that's what everybody's doing. And TCR, by the way, is uh, always front-wheel drive. Uh, Four-cylinder, inline, transversely mounted for all of these cars. Uh, and round about 330, 340 brake horsepower up to maybe about 350. It depends on the specification for each series um, who use the TCR formula. Uh, a four or a five door hatchback. And basically that's it. Has to be built on a series, based on a series production body shell. Um, although they make no bones about this. These, these have not been road cars, street cars. They are built as directly as race cars. And if you look particularly at the new um, uh, particularly in the new Audis, um, then those cars have been significantly modified. The, the Evo cars, the new Honda FK uh, FL5 uh, as well. Just notice, by the way, that we don't have Road Shagger Racing here this weekend, Jeremy. No, uh, you know, after the shunt, um, they've uh, elected just to do a partial season. So. Um, Hopefully we'll see that car again before the end of the uh, end of the year, but uh, not uh, not just not just yet. That's for sure. This is one of the races they are skipping. weren't They weren't out last time either at uh, Canadian Tire. A fourth place finish at Watkins Glen, but that uh, that shunt at Sebring uh, put them back. Well, we we wish uh, Gavin and John all the best because they are. Tremendous competitors and absolutely embody, um, as most of these teams do, all of these teams do, to be honest, but absolutely embody the joy of going motor racing in Mission and Pilot Challenge. So 
hopefully see them back soon. Improvement last time around for Michael Lewis, Jeremy, in the number one, uh, Brian Herter Hyundai. Yes, indeed, up into the uh, fifth position. So Lewis is fourth and fifth. Tim Lewis in the Alpha fourth. Michael Lewis in the uh, Hyundai fifth. They're separated by yeah, a little bit less than a tenth of a second, which is a huge amount margin in TCR, isn't it? Uh, we've got top seven cars now covered by half a second. Just 17 thousandths between the top two. It's uh, Mikey Taylor who set the fastest time in car number 17 as Chris Miller goes out of the pit lane uh, now in that car that is fastest at the moment. It's a Unitronic JDC, Miller Motorsports Audi RS3. It's the car that won the most recent race a couple of weeks ago north of the border. Just uh, 17 thousandths ahead of Carl Whitmer in that Victor Gonzalez Racing Team Honda in second place. The Hyundai's third and fourth. Then Michael Lewis, who's just improved again, ahead of Tyler Maxson in the Van der Stur Racing Hyundai Elantra. And then Tim Lewis down to fifth position now in the Alpha. Yeah, you said he was out of the pit lane. And by the time you'd said that, he was already heading towards the the uphill chicane or the, the uphill actually because we're not using the chicane uh, for mission and pilot challenge they are using the uh, the outside part of turn five in the same way that i have to adjust my mind and my consciousness the other way when you go to le mans at eight and a half miles and the nurburgring at what 11 12 miles uh, around uh, the long part of the north loop uh, coming to lime rock park at you know 55 seconds and a mile and a half around um, it is it's a more complicated uh, brands hatch indie circuit isn't it i mean that's what you're talking about uh, and it, it's those laps and I, I know you'll have raced there as well jeremy i've raced there probably more than anywhere else uh, those laps go around by very very quickly indeed Shea Adam is working the pit lane for us we've got about 14 minutes left to go where have you wandered down to now Shea? I am in the world of LA Honda because it's nice out here it's got a nice bit of a breeze and Ryan Eversley the red Honda the FL5 has had the bad luck this year it has been a gut punch you guys have had so many pole positions but yet to get on that top step of the podium that this place means a lot to both you and Matt. So what is it about Lime Rock Park that resonates with the two of you? You know, we were both talking about this morning. He actually doesn't have a great history here. He was telling me, yeah, I think he's only been on the podium once or something. And then I and I felt bad because I just got done saying like, man, I love it here. I had my, my first IMSA podium was here back in 04. I won the Lambo debut race here in, in 2010 or something with Lee Davis. And it just had a lot. I, I came here with a kid. My dad was running Paul Newman's Lotus and we stayed at Paul's house and everything. So like this place has always meant a lot to me just because it's like this is beautiful and everything but yeah man we're having a year <laughs> we are not having a lot of fun our uh, teammates in the 73 are just having a great time and for two ams true ams that are here for fun and not trying to make a living and all that running as well as they are that's if i was inside i'd be pushing that that story to everybody in porsche cup and lambos everything like hey you know i know michelin pilot is like pretty much pro-am racing but two ams are having a lot of fun that's great for the sport you know so i'm trying to focus on their positivity versus what i want to say about our year and it's just one of those seasons it, it happens but you've been working really hard i mean i've seen all your accountability posts on instagram working out it's for days like today that you have to work out because it almost feels harder with this heat to get in and out of the car for all the practices to stop 
is it more physical than the race? Yeah, I like to practice like I play. And I, like Lally always gives me a hard time, says I'm an idiot, because I like put on three hoodies and go run in the middle of the day in Atlanta. But like, I hate getting hot, you know, and, and this track, funny enough, you're up in the Northeast, you think, to be cool and, and breezy it's it's just a swamp down here and as pretty as it is it's just as hot so uh yeah i try to do that pretty uh pretty much every day especially after this week but the new tcr honda is really fast but it is also the hottest tcr car i've driven to date and so we're still trying to figure that out just you know like pedal boxes are getting hot and things like that so it's new it's the first year of it we got that's chassis one out there so like almost everything that we come across we tell back to jazz over in, in italy and they kind of go from there so uh, but yeah, we're happy to be here. It's this track and this series is so hard to race. And I was literally talking to the guys this morning about bumpers and how hard they can take hits and stuff. Not because we expect to be doing damage, just it's, it could be bumper cars around here. So, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun for the fans and it's cool that we're headlining. I'll see if you have an extra layer on your shoes tomorrow before we go out. Now, in terms of the race strategy, because it's only a hundred minute race, John and Jeremy were talking about it. There's an opportunity to start the faster driver. There's not much difference in pace between you and Matt, though. Do you see that as a big advantage? Yeah, I mean, it's been a good advantage for us for everywhere this year. Um, but this this track so far today, what I've noticed, and first off, Matt Pombo is probably the fastest one-lap guy in a TC car or any touring car you can think of. He's just so good. So it doesn't really matter which one of us starts. I'm just, I've been finishing for so long that uh, it's just kind of what we decided on just because of routine. But this, uh, this track, the fall off is massive. And our focus right now is not one lap pace, it's 20 lap pace. And what sucks is that they BOP you on 20 lap pace. So uh, we want to do well and we want to be there at the end, but tire degradation here with the front wheel drive car is really, really bad. So right now, all I'm trying to do is keep the fronts on as long as possible. And I think that'll be the car. Even if you, even though it's hard to pass and all that, if you have that pace, you'll find a way around. And there is zero advantage here to changing all four because you lose so much time. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if left side tires made a difference because you're using that left rear. If you have a properly rotating car here, uh, the left rear gets beat up pretty good. And so, like, you could, I don't think we're going to do this, but you could do left side tires. If it was faster, maybe it would make a difference. I don't know. But, yeah, hopefully it's dry and we have an easy race where it's, like, one pit stop for everybody. Everyone's on the lead lap. We get to have a big battle and none of these, like, who knew that was going to happen kind of thing. So we'll see. Only good luck this weekend, Ryan. Thank you very much. Thanks to all the fans and you guys for covering us. Cheers. Ryan, Ryan obviously talking to Shea Adam. That was interesting. Mm, left sides only because the left rear is doing a lot of work here. Um, it was Martin Haven who covered the when there was a World Touring Car Championship um, for many years who often said uh, that the rear tires had a TCR car just there to keep the exhaust off the ground. But they are working here, Jeremy. Now, left-hand sides rather than two fronts. That's something we're going to have to watch out for uh, tomorrow as well. Very interesting. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, we, we heard uh, uh, Tim Lewis Jr. talk about consistency earlier on this yes. season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's been the problem for LA Honda World, particularly with number 37 Civic, because three of the five races they failed to finish. Uh, yeah, when the car does finish, it's, it's generally fairly fairly high up. We've had just a one podium, which was uh, at, uh, at uh, World Tech Raceway de Budaseca. That was the first time out with this new FL5-bodied car, but that's the only finish yeah. that car has had this season in their hands. The sister car, they've raced it twice now, the, new, the newer machine, and they've been fourth and sixth. And, and Mike Lamara, who's a serious champion in this, uh, in this 
series back in ST days, back in 2012. He got the fastest lap of the race. That was actually the older car. That was at uh, World Tech Race for Liga Seca, but it has been a super season for Mike Navarra and uh, Dr. Will Talley, who shared the number 73 car. And they're currently fifth in points table and only 10 points behind the Alpha, which has won two races. I, I was very interested also, intrigued perhaps would be a better word, to hear what Ryan was saying about how hot that car is. Yeah, it's a new body shape, but the running gear, as far as I'm aware, has carried over from the previous car. So is this an installation difference? Are, are, the, are there some are the exhaust running a different way? Is the turbo being? And, and I'm thinking, wow, that sounded very uncomfortable. If you've got uh, pedal boxes that are getting hot and and a, and, a, and a very noticeable increase in cabin temperature, cockpit temperature, there on the on the new car. And Ryan said they're passing everything back to JAS Jazz, who. Um, build these cars, develop and build these cars on uh, on, on behalf of, of Honda. That was really interesting. So next time I'm at a racetrack, I'm going to have to have a crawl around that car and see see them side by side, see what's changed, because that, that's a bit weird, isn't it? It is. You, you know, one would have thought that uh, you know, driver efficiency, ergonomics uh, uh, would be uh, a pretty good focus on the car. I mean, you know, the, the older FK7 car it's always been fast, but re reliability has, has often been a problem with that car. And I don't think there's any secret about that. So that's one of the things that we're uh, looking to improve for the new car. But uh, one would have thought the driver comfort was also uh, something they wouldn't have wanted to skimp on either. You, you never know, as, as Ryan said there, that is chassis 001. So, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress, but this is uh, just, a lot of people won't know who Jas is, and um, but if you go and look them up, um, they have been involved in motor racing for a very long time, particularly with Hondas, um, and have built uh, Hondas, uh, the NSX, for example, that Gradient are racing in the WeatherTech Championship. That was a Jas project as well. Uh, um, they built the Super Touring. Accords, if you go back in the 90s, yeah. although ProDrive um, took over that, and then it, of course it went to ProDrive and West Surrey swapped over, didn't they? Ford and, and Honda back in the day, if my memory serves. But they've been around this game a long time, and it's important for the manufacturers to have the new body shape. That's why the FL5 uh, has come in. You would have thought, I, 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 I'm not baffled by that, but as I said, intrigued. I, I now need to see them side by side and work out what the difference, what the install differences are, are on those cars that have, have made so much of a heat sink on the the pedal box and, and potentially the firewall between the engine and the and the driver comp, uh, cockpit. There, so it's a funny one. That's a funny one. That it is, John. But particularly for somebody like Ryan Eversley, who's been around this sport a long, as he was alluding to there, been around this sport a long, yes. long time, driven lots of different cars. So for him to notice that uh, is uh, is very, very interesting indeed. It looks. I mean, it still looks a good car. It's you know, as you say, they're still working on the reliability of it, um, and the its predecessor, the FK7, in the pits at the moment in second. Carl Whitmer in the '99 car, just 0 0.017 away from the number 17. Um, they'll get there, no doubt about it. Um, 
the the question will be, you know, have they slightly has that come in slightly too early? Interesting. Um, can't wait till we're trackside again at Road America Mar and we can uh, have a chat with the guys and find out. Yeah, inside uh, the final five uh, minutes then, John. Where did that 45 yeah. minutes go, Jeremy? Yeah. Again, it's a Lime Rock 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, nobody's improved since those early laps. Um, a lot of people in and out the pits a number of times. Um, the Rob Wickens number 33 card, it is Robert who's behind the wheel of that, sitting in ninth at the moment. They've been through the pit lane six times, but it's been a pretty long run in the second half of this 45 minute session for pretty much everybody. A fair player, actually, I've just noticed that the Hyundai Veloster, the Van der Stur racing car, once again, they've only been down the pit lane once, so they've, they've come in and I think changed drivers, I don't think Rory started that car in this session. They've done 27 laps, 38, 39, 40 laps, 40 laps for the Alpha in a 45 minute session. Um, of which we've got three minutes laps left, so they'll add another two or three onto that. This has been, again, people getting the absolute, uh, the maximum running, Jeremy, that they can out of these sessions. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this, the tyres are on these cars now, I think, uh, I would imagine for everybody, aren't going to be used again. So, you know, what sort of lap times can they turn now with the tyres that are you know, fairly long into the stint? Just seeing last time around for Chris Miller was a 54-4 which is a pretty darn good lap I'm not quite sure how many laps he's done 34 laps in total that's the car that's fastest overall uh, it was his teammate Mikey Taylor set the fastest time in 54.2 54 in his late stages assuming that isn't a, uh, a fresh set for Chris although he, most likely he will be qualifying the car a little bit later this afternoon and that's a really good lap most of the cars picking down the order 54.9 for Robbie Wickens, uh, 54.8, and he comes across the line this time around for, for Wickens. He, he's down in ninth position overall. That car's best time, 54.7. Two and a half hours away from qualifying or thereabouts, just a little bit over that. Might you have done a qualifying sim at the last bit, or a track condition's going to change so much before? Um, five o'clock this afternoon that you probably weren't going to learn enough Jeremy yeah good question um, I mean I would think for the, for the, you know, that 54-4 um, you know we're expecting times to be half a second quicker than that probably for qualifying this afternoon so it saves dry we saw 53-7 this morning that's a lap record a sub lap record pace for TCR uh, so 54-4 uh, that uh, towards the end of the session, I doubt that was a fresh set of tyres, but uh, perhaps you know, probably low fuel, certainly, and then uh, bolt fresh tyres on for qualifying, and that'll find him a fair bit of time. So, still a good lap, I think, there for Chris Miller in that Unitronic JDC Audi car number 17. Still quickest, yeah, absolutely. An improvement there for Denny Dupont in the number 15 Rockwell Audi. Um, Got down to a 55.5 last time around. Backs it up with a 55.6 this time around. That's that's the first improvement we've seen for a wee while. Robert McGuinness, however, does exactly the same. 55.8 on what will be his probably penultimate lap. I think we might get round for one more, actually, uh, at the end of this one. So 
Looks like some pit stop practice for the leading car, the number 17 at the moment. Mark Wilkins just went out as well in the number 98 Hyundai, but not with new tyres, Shea tells me, from the pit lane. So down to the last half a minute now. Cross the line for the number 9-0. And uh, Veloster, in fact, no, not across the line, into the pits. Here comes the number 98, that is Mark Wilkins, who he, well, he will now get one more lap because he got across with about 15 seconds to go. Uh, Brian Ortiz brings the Vanister Elantra, number 91, into the pit lane. Tim Lewis has gone around again in the Alpha. You mentioned Denny Dupont in car number 15. That's one of the two Rockwell Autosport Development Audis. That's the sequential gearbox cars as opposed to the new spec TCR uh, LMS. That is the number 17 car. Just check if that comes out. Busy day for Denny Dupont. Also making his debut in the uh, VP Racing Challenge Series. Driving LMP3 car for the very first time So as well. So switching between an LMP3 uh, Duquesne and this uh, TCR Audi make an interesting day. He did all right in the first session for that this morning. Um, he's a considered driver. He knows his limits. And I'm, I'm, I'm told, because I haven't driven a, a, an LMP3, but I'm told they are reasonably driver-friendly, those cars, and act like a big GT car. Um, Actually, a smaller GT car because they're a bit lighter um, than most of the GTs, uh, but have a, a similar driving style, at least, is what it's been de described to me. Checking flag is out, as Jeremy said. We've got half a dozen cars. Now check that, five cars in the pits, uh, and everyone else has crossed the line. So no one has challenged the... 17 Unitronic Audi, the JDC Miller Motorsport car. And so that will be, in terms of this session, the fastest car, 54.2, 54.247 is against 54.264 for the Honda FK7, the older version of the Civic TCR, the number 99 from Victor Gonzalez Racing Team, VGRT, 0 0.017 away. And still under a tenth uh, further back, it is third place and the number one defending champion car, the Hyundai Elantra NTCR from Brian Hurt at Autosport at 54363. 54371.008 of a second further back is the Vandester number 91 Elantra. Uh, then another half a tenth further back, the number 98, and rounding up the top six. All of two tenths of a second away from. The fastest time is that Alfa Romeo Giulietta. In fact, if we go down to eighth position, they are all under half a second away from that fastest time. Nice and tight. Absolutely uh, what we expect to see. Next time we see these cars, they will be qualifying. That's at 10 past five local time. We'll be on the air about five minutes before that. So that's just after 10 in the UK, just after 11 if you're in Central Europe. Shea Adam was down in the pit lane. Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff, in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. For the moment, from Lime Rock Park, bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.